Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hello, this is Justin Williams with the Wolfpacker Podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by editor of the Wolfpacker.com and fellow co-host Matt Carter. Good to see everyone. Uh, it's been been a few weeks since we did our UNC football post-game reflection. So we'll have a lot to catch up on today's episode. It's it's officially silly season in football. I guess I guess that takes place as soon as the regular season is over. So we'll have a lot of talk about transfers. Devin Leary, big name entering the transfer portal, not just for NC State, but nationwide. One of the bigger names in the portal. We'll talk about that. Plus NC State football, getting some new additions to the coaching staff. We'll discuss. We'll also talk about uh, offensive coordinator Tim Beck going to Coastal Carolina, becoming a head coach. Last but not least, if time allows, we'll talk a little bit of men's hoops at the end to wrap up the podcast as the Wolfpack men move closer to getting into conference play. But before all that good stuff, uh, some quick reminders for the listeners and viewers at home. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google Play, we're there. And you can also watch us on YouTube, where you should subscribe to our YouTube channel, give this video a thumbs up, and drop a comment while you're at it. Every time I check the YouTube channel, looks like the subscribers are going up. So you guys have done a great job of uh, heeding the instructions there, uh, giving us the engagement, giving us the subscriptions. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. It really helps us out a lot. And, uh, you know, it's free and easy to do. So uh, anyways, holidays are coming up. Got some gift ideas for you for those procrastinators out there. Head over to thewolfpacker.com right now. Take advantage of a special deal. For just 10 bucks, you can get subscription to thewolfpacker.com as part of the On3 network uh, through the beginning of next college football season. So that's going to take you through the end of August 2023. That's a great gift for any Wolfpack fan in your life or, I mean, really any college, college sports fan in your life too. It's not just NC State that On3 covers, but obviously this is the Wolfpacker podcast. So we want you to go to the Wolfpacker and subscribe to the Wolfpacker Anyways, head over to thewolfpacker.com. Premium subscription through the end of August 2023 for just 10 bucks. Tremendous savings there, and it's a great gift. Um, so you and you don't have to shop for it. You don't have to wait for it deliver to deliver. I mean, if if it's Christmas Eve, you're still looking for a gift for somebody. Great idea, last minute uh, idea. But if you plan a little bit ahead of time, it's probably you probably need to go ahead and act soon if you want to get some products from rogueshop.com before Christmas. 
Uh, Rogueshop.com, proud sponsors of the Wolfpacker podcast. For your Go there for your premium CBD and Delta 8 cannabis goods. They've got uh, flour itself. They've got cartridges. They've got oils. They've got tinctures. They've got edibles, lotions, all kinds of great stuff. Rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E shop.com. Small business founded by a husband and wife. The husband's a disabled veteran that was turned on to these natural products. You know, when he was suffering with stress and anxiety, trouble sleeping at night, chronic pain, inflammation. And uh, these are just some really great natural products to help with some of those things. I'm sure everybody that listens to this podcast, myself included, Matt, we all suffer from at least one of those things. And uh, CBD and Delta 8 is a great natural way to to help with some of those things. That's why he founded the company Rogueshop.com. It helped his life tremendously so much that he wanted to share it with uh, the great listeners of this podcast. So head over to Rogueshop.com, R-O-G-U-E shop.com and support the folks that support us. All right, let's uh, let's talk football. We got a lot on we got a lot on the docket, Matt. Um, I think we got to start though with with Devin Leary, the 2022 ACC preseason Player of the Year. Obviously, the first half of the season really didn't go as planned for Mr. Leary. Not that he played bad, but not to the ACC Player of the Year type expectations entering the season. Gets a pectoral injury mm, around what Florida State game halfway through the season. Missed the remainder of the year. And now after the season, he has entered his name in the transfer portal. Uh, like I said earlier in the podcast, one of the bigger names, if not the biggest name, um, at least among quarterbacks in the portal right now. Uh, there's going to be a long list of you know big name teams that'll be interested in in Leary. But uh, Matt, I'm curious. I mean, for the for the loyal listeners here, they know that I've I moved to the West Coast about a year and a half ago, so I'm a little bit removed from the day to day, you know, beat updates, the insider knowledge that Matt Carter brings to the table. So I, I'm as curious as our listeners, maybe Matt. What do you think? Kind of the main motivation for Leary is entering the portal. We obviously know MJ Morris played really well with his opportunities towards the end of the season and the regular season kind of the, you know, the future of NC State football, if you will, at the quarterback position. And even Ben Finley, the former four-string quarterback, played well at the end of the regular season. So there's some competition in that quarterback room. Do you think that may have played a factor into Devin Leary's decision, or do you think this is a move motivated by the opportunities of NIL and all the money out there from the big-name programs, or maybe a little bit of both? Yeah, I think all of all of the above kind of a good way to, to, to describe that. And this was a uh, way to one, and I, I hear train in the background, so. Um, right on right on time. Uh, like clockwork. Um, yeah, I do think it was a, a, a kind of a multitude of factors. Uh, you know, he's on this opportunity. He's been loyal to NC State before, right? I mean, it's a guy who... When he committed to NC State, he blew up that summer. A lot of schools tried to get him to flip. Penn State tried to get him to flip. He didn't. The guy who could have easily transferred when it was Matt McKay and Bailey Hockman ahead of him on the depth chart. Yeah, no one would have blinked an eye if he went into transfer after that. He didn't. He worked his way up. Uh, he'd been at NC State for five years at in the old days, that, that was the maximum, five years, for get five to play four. Yeah, he was really dead set on being an NFL quarterback after this season. I mean, I think that was what everyone expected, what everyone anticipated. He did not, he, by his own admission, it didn't go as well as he, he'd hoped. You ask him, he'll tell you that. Um, now, I think this was the case of, look, it, it's a new a new era of college football, which you and I have talked about a lot over the years. And um, I think there are some things we agree with on it and some things we don't agree with on it. But the bottom line is it has a tremendous impact. And um, He's done five years at NC State. This year shows that, you know, the NFL is not a guarantee. You got NIL out there. Somebody like him 
could probably get six figures easily in an NIL deal from a new school. NC State showed some stuff with some of the younger quarterbacks. You got to look at it from NC State perspective, too. I mean, do you want to risk one year of Devin Lee versus three years of whoever emerges from MJ Morris or Ben Finley? And, you know, there might be some options to bring some guys in. We'll talk about that here soon. Um, I kind of think, I personally feel like this is kind of one of those, it's probably good, good, good solution for everybody, right? Uh, that was a serious injury Devin Leary had. Um, just, you know, raise your arm up and try to throw and feel that pectoral muscle that you need in it. I mean, that he was not going to be able to throw by the time the NFL combine probably came around and probably would not have had the arm strength needed by the time pro day comes around. I mean, it was just, I think it was just kind of like all of the above. I think it was kind of looking for a fresh start, a new beginning. His offensive coordinator left, although that happened after the end of the portal. Um, you know, he was losing a lot of receivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it just felt like, you know, it might be time for me to see if there's a better opportunity to enhance my NFL draft profile. NC State's in good hands. It looks like a quarterback. They can probably use a fresh start as well. I can cast in on this move. Wouldn't have been able to do that before. And so I think it all just kind of got put into one. And um, it, it, it gets you where it gets you. Where, you know, it'd be interesting to see where it goes. I, I'm told he took a visit to Kentucky. The rumors were hot and heavy of Notre Dame back in November. I, I put a war room out, I think, on Thanksgiving kind of setting the table for this because I knew this was coming down the pipe. I couldn't explicitly say it, but I knew it was coming down the pipe and I kind of set the table at Thanksgiving. It was kind of an open secret um, by middle of November from those in the know behind the scenes that he was going to enter the transfer portal. Um, so they didn't catch anybody by surprise. I mean, frankly, after that Wake Forest game, I mean, you're probably thinking – it's kind of MJ Morris's program to lose at this point. Yeah, and then you, yeah, and to your point too, what you said earlier too, when Ben Finley play as well as he did against UNC, granted every backup quarterback plays well against UNC, so you have to put that caveat in there. But when that happens, you know, like we got both MJ Morris and Ben Finley. They've won games. They won games against bold teams. They won games against bold teams that were rivalry games. So, ranked. Yeah, both of them were ranked, right? So one was on the road. So yeah. it's not like you're covered in bear. And, um, and honestly, uh, the offense looked better when MJ Morris was in and when in the limited times that we saw Ben Finley in compared to what we saw what the offense was able to do with Leary. And, and that's that's not saying Leary is an inferior quarterback. He's, you know, in terms of NFL draft stock right now, still the highest of all three of those guys. But you know, just for whatever reason, it wasn't wasn't clicking this year. And I mean, you know, the NIL thing, people have their complaints, but there's good and bad to it. You know, you're you're no longer you're no longer married to any players in your program. It, it's year to year basis, pretty much for every player, just like just like a coach, you know. Um, so when you see a player that you know, maybe if something's not working at a program, it can be a mutually good thing for a player to enter the transfer portal. I, I don't I don't see this as a negative for NC State. Obviously, Leary had, you know, did some historical things at NC State, had a couple great seasons. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look at it, you know, would you rather have two years or three years with MJ Morris or would you rather have one more year of Leary when, you know, you don't know if that's even a guarantee that you're going to get all ACC type caliber quarterback play, but you know, also to mention, you got a new offensive coordinator coming in, and we we're going to get to that later. But I guess that's a good good time to bring it up now and the natural transition. Robert and I of Syracuse, formerly of Virginia, when Virginia had such a great statistical offense a couple seasons ago, um, you know, he seems to have success with quarterbacks that are mobile, and Devin Leary is not a not a mobile quarterback. Um, and I, I would almost argue 
you know, a, to me, kind of the recurring thought throughout the year of just seeing Morris and, and Finley in this offense and even Chambers at times versus Devin Leary, especially with some of the struggles that the receiving core had this year, you know, the college game, you, you almost kind of prefer dual threat quarterback quarterback that can run it, it, it's not like the nfl where you're gonna have stud receivers no matter where you are and you're gonna have solid offensive line pretty much no matter where you are um that can kind of you know facilitate to a pocket passer like leary was so you know i mean i wish leary nothing but the best he's a proud wolf packer he'll always have a spot in raleigh i'm sure he'll come back to Raleigh and embrace NC state, you know, for the remainder of his career. But, you know, I don't, I don't see it as a negative for Wolfpack nation. Nah, and to your point, get a new offensive coordinator. It might be good. To, it's going to be a different offense. I yeah. mean, that, that's Dave Dorn made that clear on Monday that, you know, he said this, the system has evolved and there's nothing wrong with that. And you're not going to change anything before the bowl game. But their change is coming. And, and yeah, there may be a guy who, and then you got to look at it from Leary's perspective. Again, that happened after he went into the portal, obviously. So, but, um, you know, you look but at it. From, I'm sure that they probably, you know, like like the Tim Beck thing didn't happen overnight. Yeah, well, and it ended up in with Coastal Carolina pretty close, actually, because their, their coach kind of surprisingly took the Liberty job. And then Coastal moved really quickly on Tim Beck. Uh, but I do think what you were talking about, I, I think there was a feeling around Raleigh of, of if Tim Beck could get a, a, an opportunity, he would probably take an opportunity. Seems like offensive coordinators now have a little bit of a shelf life in college football. You you, you know, Phil Longo just got done with, I think, his fourth year at UNC. He's off to Wisconsin. Yeah, your days of having an offensive coordinator – for longer than a, a, a handful of years are, are probably numbered. So. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if, they're any, if they're any good, somebody with more money is going to come along and take them. And mm-hmm. if they're not good, then the fan base probably drives them out. So it's kind of <laughs> – Yeah, one or the other. I mean, it, 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 exactly right. And, so, um, and with Tim Beck, it was kind of both. Yeah, well, I, yeah I, I'll be blunt. I was a little surprised. He got the head coaching job at Coastal Carolina. Um yeah, you, you would figure that would have been a very popular opening for um, assistant coaches out there that would have been really hitting that job up. Um, the same with Appalachian State when Eli Drinkwitz got it a, a few years ago. So that's twice now that Dave Dorn's offensive coordinator has landed not just a head coaching job, but a really, really uh, kind of a, one of the better mid-major springboard head coaching jobs out there at the moment. Um, but, but they did struggle this year. <laughs> no question about that. They struggled offensively this year. In 10 of 12 games, they did not score more than 30 points in regulation. But really, the whole game, they scored 30, I think, against UNC in double overtime. The only time they scored more than that was UConn, uh, UConn Charleston, Southern. Yeah, that so, and then some of those games like East Carolina, I think they what twenty one twenty, I believe. If I if I remember, that was a block punt that was yeah. uh, returned for a score. Um, I want to say Aiden White had a pick six, maybe against Texas Tech when that was a twenty seven fourteen game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, seven of that was a defensive score. So, um, yeah, it was a struggle offensively this year. So. Yeah, I think there's a lot of good force and timing going on, even with the hires. I really like Robert and I. I really like him. I, I, I was impressed with what he did at Syracuse. I was impressed with what he did at Syrac- uh, Virginia before that. You look at the quarterbacks, you know, Brennan Armstrong with an eye versus the one year without an eye, night and day difference. Garrett Schrader at Syracuse. When he played NC State last fall, I thought it was one of the worst quarterbacks on an ACC team ever to play against NC State. 
And this year, he looked like a winning quarterback with Robert and I. So Yeah, I mean, Syracuse had no expectations going into the year, and they're bowling. I mean, they probably weren't the, you know, ranked caliber team that you know, undefeated ranked team when the NC State played them, but good, yeah. good team. Yeah, everything broke their way. That's fine. But as one person told me, it's a guy who covers, and uh, I'll just say one of the better teams in the ACC, and very well, extremely well tied in. Um, the general consensus is he instantly made Syracuse harder to defend. And he made Virginia really hard to defend. And the guy, you know, rest in peace, Mike Leach, he coached with him. He coached at BYU. And they had their, their offense. I mean, um, uh, they threw the ball all over the field. Um, you know, he, he got a lot of different experiences and, and is very creative with it and, and does a good job of moving playmakers around, which is something I thought maybe NC State didn't do enough of, of kind of moving guys around. We've got a Trent Penix out there, find a way to use them. Um, yeah. You don't always have to line them up in the same spot. Um, mix it up, you know, um, try to create some mismatches in different spots on the field. He did that last year with Aranda Gatson, and we all saw what Aranda Gatson did to NC State in that game. So I'm a I'm a big Robert and I fan. I, I think this is and yeah, he's 64 years old. So you're probably looking at a guy who's looking to kind of settle in and, and and ride this out. So I was I was just about to say, Matt. You know, NC State's under Dave Dorn, great destination for an offensive coordinator to you know. Find new opportunity. You look at Eli Drinkwitz now in the SEC as a head coach. You look at Tim Beck now a head coach opportunity. You look at Matt Canada, offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know they hate him up there, but <laughs> you know, nonetheless, he's an NFL offensive coordinator. So, it, you know, it, it's a great spot to go as a as an offensive coordinator as well because you know that you're going to have a strong defense backing you, and you know that you're going to have a solid pipeline of talent coming in. Um, to compete in, in league play. So all good, all good news. I mean, I think it's been a, a positive, I guess not off season technically yet. There's still a bowl game, but it sure, it, it sure seems like the off season begins as soon as the regular season ends. If you're not in the college football playoff. Yeah. I mean, that's where um, I think personally, they got to train some things up. Uh, it's too, you're going to get coaches. Stressed out way too much. I don't, you know, it's too much on coaches' plate to be recruiting for signing day, figuring out your roster, and preparing for a bowl game, which, you know, over half these coaches are doing. Um, you know, you know, Dave Dorn's on the road every day, visiting some recruit, probably about three a day, probably flying from Alabama to Florida to Georgia. And then, you know, then regularly meeting with a, a staff. And by the way, that staff is hitting refresh on the transfer portal probably every five minutes and then got to do their homework and, and quickly, like, speed date them, find some people. Um, and then there's the whole part that they technically nobody's allowed to, I think, you're not allowed to work with NILs, but – like how many coaches out there do you see cutting promos for NILs out there? I mean, so then, yeah, I mean, you know, let's be real about it. At least at some of these schools, there's a lot of collaboration going. Um, of course, there yeah. is. Yeah. So, yeah, everybody, gotta, everybody's doing. It. NC State's doing it. Everybody's doing it. Yeah. Um, you got a uh, budget now. All of a sudden, in some of these places, <laughs> it's a, it's a nut. It's too much. I don't know if you got to move that early signing date either move it to the summer or move it back to just one signing day in february that's a possibility um i think there's some bigger bigger things you got to do with the transfer portal in terms of who's allowed in it and who's not and and what have you but ultimately you just got to find some and guardrails and enforcement on all this stuff it's just out of control because that's I didn't even mention the whole putting out fires, you know, that these coaches have to deal with, especially when you're at a school like NC State, you know, and 
uh, even even people at, like down the road at UNC. I'm sure the whole Drake May rumor stuff probably was never going to happen, right? But did Mac Brown have to spend time dealing with that, checking in on Drake May, making sure nothing's there, making sure there's no smoke? No certainly, fire. certainly had to spend time fundraising. Yeah. <laughs> so. so. I mean, I mean, Drake May was going to get paid one way or the other. It was just a matter of could you, Carolina provide the bag or, you know, was so, Wisconsin going to make a bigger bag? It's, it's just crazy. I mean, it's just, I think something has to be done. I don't – I'm not smart enough to figure out what the solution is other than maybe biting the bullet and entering some bargaining agreement with the student athletes so that you come up with a nice two-way system, right? where they get fair compensation, but there's rules on their compensation like every other athletic entity in this country, um, in the world. Uh, but then how do you do that, right? I mean, you got different conferences. You got how can, who can accurately convey the, uh, this isn't NFL with 30 teams and 50 players on each team. This is, 130 teams with 100 players on each team. Well, you, you can't. The NCAA, yeah. the NCAA clearly has no control over the institutions it apparently has control over. Yeah. And really the main you know, power brokers, at least in football, which is the main power broker of college athletics, are controlled by the co- individual conferences. Yeah. And the individual conferences can't – I mean, they can't make decisions – cohesively at all they're all trying to backstab each other so and then on the flip side of that how can there be accurate representation for the for the athletes right if you were to go into a bargaining position i mean that that's a lot of athletes what works for a football player at boston college isn't going to be the same as a football player at ucla it's an entirely different world and so how can you come up with some kind of agreement when you got all of these different yeah, you know, different sports. Yeah, you know, women's soccer versus men's basketball are going to have different different needs, demands, or whatever. It's just, uh, I don't know. There was so much that got opened up with all of this, and then I don't think they were, they were, they were and they had a weak NCAA that was really badly weakened uh, over the years. So. I will I will say though in terms of the on-field product I mean have you been able to tell much of a difference in the talent levels of different te- compared mm-hmm. to what it's been historically like it seems like no. NC State their talent base is about the same as it always has been now that might change in a few years once NIL continues to evolve we just got to wait and see but yeah that put together wait you got to wait for it to cycle out um but I mean Alabama and Georgia are always going to get the best recruits anyways I mean yeah yeah, the, the one difference I would say is, yeah, that was true. What you would hang your hat on if you're at Pittsburgh or NC State or Louisville or Wake Forest is you get that diamond in the rough and you strike gold. Or if you're TCU and you got Max Duggan out of nowhere and you have the dream year because you struck gold and you hit the diamond in the rough. Uh, going forward... If TCU had lost two games, what they came darn close to doing, right? And they're like 10 and 2, didn't even play for the Big 12 title. All their fans are probably sweating bullets that Max Duggan is going into the transfer portal to cash in at a bigger school in the SEC or Big 10. And you kind of have removed that one hope that their fans could grab to that we got this diamond in the rough that Alabama and Georgia didn't see. We got Russell Wilson. The two-star from Richmond, that's first-team All-ACC as a freshman. Yeah, we got two more years of this guy. We might have a chance in the ACC. Now it's going to be, oh, crap. He's going to go in the portal and cast in, isn't he? He's going to be Bryce Young's replacement at Alabama, isn't he? You know, that's where the difference comes in. To your point, we have to see it cycle through. We just have to see it cycle through over the next three years. If we get to point in four years from now where it's nothing but Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, the Florida schools, 
Southern Cal reloading at other schools' expense. I think I guess is- I that that might be the one place you can tell the difference. USC certainly feels yeah. like uh they they loaded up loaded up the arsenal in the offseason and yeah, got rewarded for it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll but that, it also helps to have Lincoln Riley, one of the better coaches in college football, one of the better recruiters in college football. Don right. Don right. So, you know, what you can Lincoln have all the money in the world, but you still got to recruit. What did Lincoln Riley do? He cast in, right? Yeah. He went and, you know, he did everything that these players are doing. So, you know, he did the same thing the players are doing. He went, he left Oklahoma and got himself a, a boatload of money at Southern Cal. So, but at the end of the day, that recruiting still matters. Like you watched the Heisman ceremony of Caleb Williams winning that award. I mean, both Riley and Williams are in tears as he's given the speech, talking about, you know, how big of a role Lincoln Riley's played in his life. Caleb Williams could have picked, could have gone wherever he wanted, would have made plenty of money wherever he wanted, but he followed his coach because yep. that relationship still matters. So it's not the money is there. There's going to be money almost wherever you go at Power Five. Um, it's not a hundred percent money. There, money's always been an equation in all this, but mm. but the recruiting and the relationships and and the schemes and the fits, and if you like going to school somewhere, I mean, all that stuff still matters. It's not like it's gone out the window, at least not, in my eyes. That, that's why, guys, we'll have to see too what they look like. For there will be a market correction. I happen to think at some point all these millionaires and in some case, a billionaire going to say, why am I paying a high school quarterback millions of dollars to come here and then he flames out and with a bust? You know, so there might be a, a market correction to all of this. I think right now is a great time to be a college football player or a high school football star, especially if you're a quarterback. This is the best time it's ever probably going to be. You struck it rich. Devin Leary struck it rich with his diamond to be a breakout quarterback. I mean, so. Um, yeah, but, but making the NFL still matters. Like, you know, he can, he can go make money. He can go get a nice foundation for himself as a young man. But it's not like he's going to make generational wealth, you know, playing college football. None, none of these guys are making generational wealth playing college football. That comes with the big contracts in the NFL. So, you know, again, being in a system that catapults you to that level, I think still matters uh, to get, you know, to wrap up our, our football off season, we still got a Duke's Mayo bowl preview coming up uh, NC state, Maryland fun matchup. That'll be a fun, fun show. Uh, I'm sure I we'll love do that probably, probably next week. Oh yeah. I, I, uh, I already ordered my Duke's Mayo bowl shirt Did with the, with the nice toughy helmet. And a nice Maryland Terps, Maryland flag helmet, and the Duke's Mail logo. I, like uh, I feel like this bowl game is what makes bowl bowls good. You get, I know a lot of guys are opting out, so it's not going to be the high quality of the bowl or whatever. But you get good matchups sometimes. Yeah, this is a good, fun matchup. You know, at a neutral neutral location. Well, so, advantage in C State. Yeah, but yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah fair. Maybe I don't know. What is there even a neutral location for Maryland? I mean, if you played it in Richmond, maybe. Yeah, maybe they were like playing in Nashville or. Something if you played like it that. in DC, it's advantage Maryland. You play it anywhere in North Carolina, it's advantage. So, anyways, yeah, well, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Wolfpack Nation will show out. I got no doubt in my mind that Bank of America Stadium will be uh, will be able to support the uh, traditional Wolf pack across the stadium chant um and one more thing on the duke's mayo bowl matt i saw on twitter apparently you asked dave Dorn a question about getting dumped with mayo if the wolf pack prevail against the terps uh yeah he, I, yeah he, and he you got an interesting around. answer back right he turned it around on me pretty quickly um and too many people were agreeing with with dave on that one um so I actually asked it. I didn't even ask it of Dave. I asked it to the bowl guy that was like in play again this year. For those who don't know, last year Mac Brown and Shane Beamer had a side bet. Winner would get a, a instead of the Gatorade bath, they would get a Mayo bath after the game. 
uh, obviously, South Carolina, much to the pleasure of NC State fans, handled business. Um, I thought Shane Beamer cheated by wearing a hat in the bath. I think I had a little bit of a cheat myself, but um, great fun. I hadn't heard anything about it. Yeah, I figured they would be promoting it, whatever. So apparently, it's, it's not yet not yet a uh, written requirement to play in the bowl game. So, not yet, but uh, I can tell you, Twitter is going to be very upset if if the winner of that bowl game does not get a mayo bath. Yeah. Because um, remember think- the first the first mayo bowl, everyone thought that there was going to be a mayo bath. It never happened. Yeah. And then last year was kind of the perfect combination of head coaches where you had, you know, Mac Brown, who's an older coach, but, uh, you know, media, media darling, you know, outgoing personality would probably do just about anything for the social media clout. (laughs) Yeah. And Shane Beamer was a young up and coming coach. But then the question we always had was, you know, what, what happens if you get a Dave Doran type who, you know, certainly has a, a nice, fun personality, but uh, don't exactly see him as the type of guy that wants to play ball when it comes to that thing. Hey, we'll see. I, I guess we, we'll just have to see more of this talk on the Duke's Mayo Bowl uh, preview. But uh, personally, I'd, I'd love to see Dave Dorn dumped with, with Duke's Mayo. I mean, first of all, it's the best Mayo out there. I mean, it's not like it's Miracle Whip. If it was Miracle Whip, maybe you take exception. I, don't, I honestly uh, don't like mayo. I'll be honest. This so. could be your moment, Matt. This could be your viral moment. Maybe if you volunteer, you could get an invite to the locker room and then and then the guys dump dump you with mayo. It'd uh, be great for the Wolfpacker.com. It would be, but I don't need a viral moment. I, I'm not that I'm not vain like that. So I don't even have my own personal Twitter account. It's true. It's true. I, the only way I found out about it is if, you know somebody said Matt Carter in print and then tagged at the Wolfpacker on Twitter. Yeah. So I was like, huh, well, there you go. Yep. Uh, I was trying to wrap up the uh, transfer talks and new coaching additions. Names we haven't mentioned yet. Devin Carter, wide receiver, entered the transfer portal recently. Joshua Harris, defensive tackle, entered the transfer portal. Those are the remainder of, I guess, the notable names of NC State, current NC State players entering the transfer portal. And also new incoming offensive line coach, Garrett Touje, uh, formerly of UVA, coach with Robert and I at UVA, replaces uh, Garrison, who went down to uh, Ole Miss to go coach with Lane Kiffin. So good, good for him. Probably a nice little salary bump for him and um, gets to Gets to go coach with one of his former colleagues. Yeah, I think too. I, I kind of wonder if that all uh, is that really good force in, or would that kind of will set and change that you know new offensive coordinator comes in and the offensive line coach that he worked with at both BYU and Virginia is now <laughs> back as his offensive line coach. You almost wondered if, if that was part of negotiations. Uh, and it just so happened that Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin is where uh, John Garrison worked for at Florida Atlantic before being hired at NC State. So, you know, John Garrison had the connection to this opening at Ole Miss. That's Robert and I want his own offensive line coach. It, it, it worked out brilliantly well in, in, in tremendous fashion or – kind of wonder if they were all connected somehow mm-hmm. if that that was part of the, the pieces of the puzzle all fitting together but yeah I wish John well he, he's one of the nicer coaches to talk to at, at entry state uh, when you get a chance to talk to the coaches um, very very down to earth guy and and uh uh, obviously now making SEG money, which uh, he's, he's <laughs> doing, doing well there. So uh, uh, from everything I've heard, Robert TJ is a uh, – uh, George – is it George TJ? No, Garrett TJ. Garrett TJ. Garrett TJ. Uh, quite the fun guy. Um, 
So, you know, I've heard that he's a pretty good recruiter. And, and so we'll, we'll see how this plays out. Um, well, I guess that leaves us some time to talk a little bit of men's hoops before we uh, we close out this podcast, Matt. So I guess NC State coming off probably its most impressive win to date. Uh, home win over a solid Furman team who, you know, the name Furman doesn't really – jump off the page but at the end of the year this could be a nice resume building win uh at the very least you'd probably think it's a solid quad two game by the end of the year if, if Furman Furman's the SoCon favorite if they handle business in the SoCon let's say they run the table or maybe lose one game in the SoCon you know I, I don't know how they're going to fare in the SoCon but <laughs> you know uh, let's say they they do that I mean it, it's theoretical it could slide up to an even better win than that. But, uh, you know, th- that was a game NC State dominated from beginning to end. I mean, it seemed kind of like a common trend of this NC State team thus far that they kind of they get out to a hot start and then they kind of take their foot off the gas like midway through the second half. And this time it didn't hurt them because they were up by, you know, 25, 30 points to, <laughs> at, at a certain point. But – um, you know, you go to the game before that, the road game at Miami, where NC State controlled that game through its entirety, played a great offensive game for about 35 minutes, and, uh, you know, just couldn't get stops down the stretch to uh, to close out what would have been its first quad one win of the season against the Hurricanes. Um, so early impressions of this NC State basketball team, you know, we're, we're getting close to conference play here as i'm trying to uh log into ken palm um they've got uh vanderbilt coming up another opportunity for a solid non-conference win nobody in the non-conference schedule other than kansas is going to be a no-brainer quad one opportunity we know nc state played kansas very well just kind of a similar kind of a similar game to miami controlled that game for most of it and just couldn't close this team needs to learn how to close a game and they need to learn it quickly because it's getting to that point where uh you know conference play starts and nc state's kind of a front heavy conference schedule if you look at what's coming up in january yeah that's um kind of been the horse i've been riding on if if you did not beat kansas you really, really, we're thinking NCAA tournament, which I think, by the way, is fair with this team. I think it's fair to think NCAA tournament. But if you're going to, um, if you're going to think that, if you, and you lose to Kansas, you really needed to win four games in non-conference. They did it against Butler, which, by the way, is a quad one right now. Barely. Number 50 in the country in the net. That's the cutoff. Uh, uh, big big game for them coming up on Saturday, hosting UConn. Yeah. You beat Dayton, who is not in as near as good a spot as you would have expected. And they might quite frankly, they're probably not as good as, as anticipated. Um, but at the worst, it's a quad three. And it's on a neutral court. You needed to beat Furman. Right now, that's a quad three. They got a way to go to climb up to quad two. But, yeah, it's going to be viewed fairly decently. And you need to beat Vanderbilt Saturday on a neutral court. If you, you're three-fourths of the way there. So, if you can get that fourth one, now you're set up to where, A, those fourth schools got to help you. All right, they can't. Can't pull a, um, a Vanderbilt from uh, – remember the year with State beat Vanderbilt on a neutral court, and then Vanderbilt went on to go like 1-18 in the SEC or something like that, and they got no credit for it. That was the year they, they, they had the dead last ranked yeah. non-conference schedule. And the country, mm-hmm. part of that was Vanderbilt tanked like, like, like Louisville this year. They were that bad. And – because of that, it really hurt NC State. So you need those four schools to step up, live up to their uh, potential. And then 
Uh, that puts you in a position where you can maybe look at would 11, 12 wins be good enough in the ACC to get you to the NCAA tournament. So, and it uh, depends on what those wins are. Absolutely. 100%. 100% but depends on what those wins are. And the unfortunate part about the ACC is you got so many opportunities for bad losses. That's what hurts. Yeah, I mean, the <laughs> ACC. Starting Ford, with the next one. Louisville. <laughs> That's a freaking landmine game. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, let me hold on if I have it in front of me here. Give me a half a second. Okay, I got it here. I'm going to read you some of the net numbers of where these ACC teams are. Uh, Wake Forest, 98 in the country. And that they just dropped 10 spots because they needed a budget shot to beat Appalachian State at home. A pretty incredible budget shot, I might add. Clemson, after they got their butt kicked by Loyola Chicago at home, is now 121 in the net. Um, Notre Dame. You want to know where Notre Dame is in the net? 163. Right this now, isn't that's good. a this quad, is not good. Four, quad four home game for NC State. One spot ahead of Notre Dame. Syracuse, 162. I skipped over Georgia Tech, 137. Uh, but I don't think anybody anticipated Georgia. That's actually pretty decent for where you probably thought Georgia Tech would be. Boston College, 240. If they drop one more spot in the net, that's a quad four road game. For State in the ACC. Florida State, 251. Louisville, thanks to getting their first win, is no longer three from the bottom out of 363 teams in the net. They are now 347. They oh. leap past Elon to be the second worst team in the net rankings on the NC State schedule. Oh. <laughs> so these are the net rankings of the ACC. You do not have, quite frankly, Pittsburgh is 80th. You lost that one at home. You need Pittsburgh to step up. So that doesn't look like a really bad loss right now. It's a quad three loss on your resume. So um, you're down to basically Virginia, Duke, Virginia Tech, North Carolina, Miami. Those are your good win opportunities in the ACC. Good news is if you play three of those five teams, you play twice. Bad news is if you all blew a really good opportunity in that first one at Miami to take one of those. So – that's the one. That's the one that really hurts. Because the Kansas game, you're like, this is just this is icing on the cake. You don't expect NC State to win this game, but it would be a great statement early non-conference win. And plus, Kansas led most of that game. I mean, it wasn't like NC. You know, they had the nine-point lead at halftime, so it wasn't like NC State had that game to be taken. You know, they were competitive. Yeah, I mean, it. I don't. It. It almost felt like NC State controlled that game just because. Of, well, I mean, I, I, yeah. I wasn't expect. I don't think anybody expected NC State to play Kansas that strong. It kind of what got me excited about the year, really. I mean, it, yeah. in a way, it was almost a moral victory. And we know we don't like to talk about those, but at least early on in the season, you can have a couple of those. Um, but yeah, the Miami game, uh, the Pittsburgh game. You know, I, I didn't leave that game thinking Pittsburgh's a better team than NC State. I thought NC State just had a cold shooting night. Um, and this is an offensively strong team. I mean, it's a great backcourt. Um, Casey Morsell shooting lights out from three. Uh, you know, Terquavion Smith is always going to bring you, you know, double-figure scoring night. His his willingness to pass has been a huge, huge difference for this team this year. Um, and that, that's twofold. That's 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 a mindset that probably he had to adjust in the offseason and, and – got some feedback from the NBA saying, we know you can score, but can you, can you facilitate an offense? Can you make the guys around you better? But also this is a much more talented team around him than what he had last year. Um, and Jarkel Joyner, we've already spoke, you know, we've already talked about him as just a solid, solid point guard with, um, you know, plenty of experience. Um, nice, nice leader to have in your locker room. The Mahorchich, Injury in the Reynolds Coliseum game, that hurts. 
because uh, Mahorchic really just seemed like a nice defensive asset to have in ACC play, especially when you play, you know, against some of these more elite bigs. Like you think that UNC, you know, you get UNC twice. He'd be he'd be great on Armando Baycott. Um, Matt, I, how severe is his injury? Is he is is there a chance he comes back this season? Uh, I'd be blind. I, I'd be I'd be surprised. We're talking about NC State here. Yeah, I was kind of told or led to believe, and I could have wrong information, that if it was surgical, that would lead that that would be a longer absence. If it was non-surgical, he could theoretically come back in a couple months. But if it was surgical, um, that would be a bigger issue, and obviously it turned out to be surgical. So, um, yeah, that's a tough break. Uh, but you get Isaiah Miranda. Um, you know, we talked about this with uh, Matt Coe in our last podcast. We've got to be reasonable about what to expect from Isaiah Miranda um, because he's a mere five-star and, and NBA talent. Doesn't mean he's going to come in averaging. Yeah, Mahorzik was giving you really nice production. I think it was like eight, nine points, six, seven rebounds. If you get half of that from Miranda and about half of Mahorsic minutes from Miranda, you've done good. You've done good. So, yeah, I think that kind of what you're knocking on wood that that you get. At the very least, though, big difference between uh, this year's team and, and last year's. Um, you know, you've got some death down low. So, so the, the injury hurts, but it doesn't kill you because you right. still got DJ Burns, who is a great offensive asset. To be, to, I mean, defensive liability, but you'll take what you can get. Cause he's, he's a, you know, a bucket almost every time you throw him the ball down low. Um, and then you still got EB Duana, who was your number one guy last year. Now, you know, the number three guy down low coming into this season. Now you're back up, back up big, solid defensively. Um, you know, still, still work to be done on the offensive end, but, but a solid defensive guy, you know, coming off the bench. I don't know qualms with EB Duana. And, uh, and, you know, at, at times against a smaller team, you can even put Ernest Ross at like a stretch five type position if you want to play small ball. So, yeah, Vanderbilt's a big one. Then you got Louisville at home at Clemson to end the year. I think NC State has to win all those. They got to they go 3-0 through December to have A, because those are all, I mean, other than Vanderbilt, both of those games, not they wouldn't be good losses. Um but B, you want this team to have confidence because you look at the beginning of the January schedule yeah. versus Duke at Virginia Tech versus Miami. Those are three of the four ranked teams in the ACC right there. Um, yeah. Now UNC will probably end up back in the rankings. You get, and by the way, you get them in the third week of, of January. I mean, this, this January schedule, it's going to make or break the season. It's yeah, going to make or break the season. Second straight year, it's a front-loaded ACC schedule. Um, you could beat Louisville, as you mentioned. At Clemson, never easy for NC State. Duke at home obviously goes without saying. I think Virginia Tech is probably uh, the most well-coached team in the ACC, and they, they shoot the lights out of the basketball and where they're going to be most comfortable shooting at home. Where do you get them at home? So that'll be tough. You just saw what Miami's capable of, so. Those four games after Louisville coming up uh, really couldn't get through that. Um, then got to go on the road for two games. So even though Georgia Tech is one of those road games, uh, three out of your next four on the road because you end the month at, at work four. God, you're right. January is tough. If you count December 30th as January, that's tough. Then you look at yep. the back half. In February, you get Florida State at home, you get Georgia Tech at home, you get Wake and Clemson and UNC at home. You do go to Duke, some of the other road games. You do go to Virginia, but BC and Syracuse, not quite as intimidating on the road. So, And in, in, NC State under Kevin Keats has proven it can win in Charlottesville. So that's, you know, if you're going to yeah. have a ranked road game, it's kind of preferable that it's Virginia. Yeah. 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 Okay, I think the goal is if you can get out of that first four games of after Louisville. Let's say they beat Louisville. Which, by the way, Louisville got two easy games. So, 
Yeah, you're going to get them right as their confidence is coming right up. Yeah, they did mm -hmm. beat a decent Western Kentucky team at home. They'll get a couple cupcake wins, and then they'll come to NC State. Um, but I tell you, beat them. That puts you at one and two. You can get through that game against Miami going to Georgia Tech at uh, three and four, and I think it might be on schedule. Yeah. Kind of. Because uh, that means you would get a couple of good, uh, at least one good win. Yeah. That Clemson Agreed. will be a so-so win. But uh, that's really what you're looking at. Right this there. team is talented to beat anybody in the ACC. It's okay. talented enough to beat anybody in the ACC. And, uh, you know, but Arthur probably... can lose, lose to just about anybody. Yeah. Maybe that's... Yeah. Just, just because it's not a good defensive team. If they were yeah. a little bit better defensively, some of those games you'd be like, Nah, NC State's got this. They're, they are certainly one of the, you know the top five most talented teams in the ACC. I would, especially with the addition of Miranda. Yeah, ta talent, youth, but talent. Um, so we'll see. But uh, at least it, it, this team is so much more fun to watch than last year. <laughs> at the very least, you got that going for you. So uh, more on hoops as we get further along into the season we will be back with the duke's mayo bowl preview coming up here in the next week or so um but that's going to do it for this podcast quick reminders before you tune out subscribe rate and review wherever you listen to us apple spotify google play we're there we're also on youtube where you should subscribe to your youtube channel give this video a thumbs up and drop a comment while you're at it Head over to thewolfpacker.com right now. Take advantage of the special deal going on. For just $10, you can get premium subscription to thewolfpacker.com as part of the On3 network through the beginning of next college football season. So that's going to take you through the end of August 2023. Uh, great last-minute Christmas shopping idea, holiday shopping ideas. I'm a procrastinator. I, I've, I've still got some work to do, Matt, on my holiday shopping list. And... Uh, you start looking at these delivery times. I'm getting a lot of emails about last, <laughs> last call for delivery. So, uh, yeah, if you wait a couple more days, you're kind of SOL when it comes to getting an item. But maybe a subscription is a good last-minute gift idea. Uh, and last but certainly not least, head over to RogueShop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E Shop.com for your premium cannabis CBD and Delta 8 goods. They've got uh, cannabis itself. They've got cartridges. They've got uh, oil tinctures. You know, you put it right underneath your tongue. Uh, very trans, uh, very dis uh, discreet. Uh, uh, edibles. They've got lotions. They've got all kinds of great products, and they're all natural. They're there to help you with your stress and anxiety. Uh, you deal with pain, inflammation, uh, trouble sleeping at night. This is a great way. You know, Take a little bit of this before bedtime and you'll be having a great night's sleep. Uh, head over to rogueshop.com. It's a small business founded by a husband and wife. Uh, the husband's a disabled veteran that was turned on to these natural products when he dealt with some of those symptoms and it changed his life for the better so much so that he wanted to create this business and share it with folks like you. So uh, rogueshop.com, proud sponsors of the Wolfpacker, uh, Wolfpacker podcast. They're, they're also on the message board, by the way. So if you have any questions related to um you know some of their products or you need some advice as to what might fit your needs best um feel free to always send them a message on the message boards because they're uh, they're active there as well but anyways uh, that's going to do it for this podcast uh follow us on social media at the wolfpacker on twitter uh you can follow me at personally at justin h will although i don't tweet much these days so you know do it if you want uh and head over to facebook nc state wolfpack on the wolfpacker.com uh, that's going to do it for this episode. For Matt Carter, I'm Justin Williams, and this has been the Wolfpacker Podcast. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three 
and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York.